Hey guys, Kyle Bailey here with a special message ahead of episode 48 here of Bailey and Harper, and I felt compelled to do this because, quite frankly, we've been slacking as of late. Not really, but uh, the consistency. It doesn't matter what, what's going on in our lives. The, the bottom line is we haven't been pushing out episodes as consistently as we'd like to, and certainly I think as, as much as or as consistently as many of you have uh, asked us to do here in the past month or two. The last six to eight weeks have been really, really tough on our schedules, but uh, we are recommitted here in 2022. Uh, we appreciate you choosing us and, and being subscribers and listening to these episodes when they do come out. And, and we have been absolutely overwhelmed by the response, the enthusiasm and the support. Uh, I do have to give you one more apology. We did uh, you know, finish up a recording of an episode three or four days ago, and uh, I was the one who made the mistake accidentally uploading it under the uh, private status. So no one could see it but us. And I had no idea that I did that at the time. So admittedly, some of this content is a little bit dated, but we wanted to get it up and we will have a new podcast coming out hopefully within the next 48 hours. And we appreciate you being with us. But until then, and after all that, enjoy episode 48 of Bailey and Harper. We are back. We are overdue. This guy's been in every city in America covering college football for the past couple of weeks, and uh, I've had the opposite problem. I've been stuck at home doing Hornets games every friggin' night and radio shows from a patio. So we're back. It's episode 41. Hey, God bless. 48. It's 48. What is wrong with me? I know what's wrong with me. But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> uh, episode 48, Bailey and Harper has returned after dark, by the way. That's the only way we do these things anymore. And uh, we got some pent-up energy stories frustrations, all sorts of good stuff. But we start with the best 48 to ever do it. Who do you have? I got a baseball player. Ooh. No, really? Yes, I do. Surprise me. Tory Hunter. Love that selection. Tory Hunter, baller. Beast. Nine-time gold glove winner. Oh. Uh, here, let me go through a Talk couple more. Talk to me that. Five-time all-star selection. Two-time silver slugger winner. Just a monster. 2,452 hits, 353 home runs, 1,391 ribbies and RBIs. Great job, the man, Torrey Hunter. Look, I love seeing this guy climb the wall, play center field. He was a baller for a very, very long time. Big fan of his. Torrey Hunter, shout out to you. Great. He can probably crush a golf ball. Great, too. great, great selection. I like that. So I'm gonna, I've got a couple of these. I was going to go baseball too. All right. Now, now I'm unsure because uh, I still love this one. I just, you took me by surprise with that. But do you remember <laughs> the name? Do you, sir? Remember the name, Eric Gagne? I LA, do. LA Dodgers closer, failed starter who looked like he might be washing himself out of the league, and then all of a sudden turned himself into just a Cy Young caliber closer for the L.A. Dodgers for a couple of years from Canada, mind you. Uh, and it turned out he might have been – The uh, last name gives it away. Yeah, yeah, Sounds very Canadian. Turned out he might have been using some uh, enhancements during that time period. I mean, who wasn't in for, baseball? For his performance, you know, the enhancing performance, those – what do they call it? Something like that. I mean, I don't know. There wasn't – there was a commissional report and, you know, congressional <laughs> investigation. But, yeah, Eric Gagne, when I was blissfully unaware that, uh, you know, he had those enhancements, I thought he was just the best. I love to watch that guy come in and close a baseball game. There's nothing wrong with that. I love closers. Closers have a totally different attitude, a totally different approach. Yep. They have to be just a little bit – I hate to say it, they, you know, they got to have a little bit of edge to them. They got to be a little fucked up in the mind to come Absolutely. out there and just be ready to throw straight gas or whatever your pitch is and get got three guys out, up and down, and be ready to go. And understand that everybody's counting on you. Yeah, you that you, if you yes. lose it or give up a run, it usually ends up in a loss. It's either they, they've got to be that kind of dude, like a hey, bub, go get three outs, right? Go shove it up their ass. Or it's got to be somebody with like severe ADD. 
who <laughs> has the talent to start, but maybe just, you know, they're best can't, can't make short, it. They're they, best in short bursts. Yeah, right? yeah, That's they can't they make belong. it. I don't have the control to go for six outs. Right. I don't, I don't have I, the six innings. I can give it to you, but I also, you know, might kind of get bored and, you know, get roughed <laughs> up a little bit. And then, you know, it's, yeah. So it's like those dudes. Well, John Smoltz, Dennis Eckersley, they were able to do it. Well, well, they, he did they, both. they transition. I mean, very few guys do that. Very, very, very few guys. Speaking of uh, 48, shout out Dave Stewart, another Major League Baseball oh, legend. Another legend. legend. Absolutely. I mean, just a, a stud, most known for his time with uh, the Oakland A's and, and California, too. And then uh, I got to throw a shout out to former Carolina Panthers running back number 48, Stephen Davis, three time pro bowler, I shall say. Shout out to Auburn Tigers as well, where that's where he started his career at. Yep. Balling. So I, I remember him. He was there when uh, Terry Bowden was the head coach, when Auburn went undefeated. Wow. They had uh, Knicks was a, also one of the receivers. I was I was enjoying watching Auburn. You know, I grew up closer to Auburn, and I loved Stephen Davis coming out of Auburn. I thought he was a big back that could tote the rock. He did a very, very great job for the Carolina Panthers. Also, the Washington Redskins, I believe, was another team that he played for. There you go. There you go. So, 48's in Dude, the book. Dude, just a, like a knowledge of just football stuff. That's what we do. I mean, well, that and we're dudes. So, we have like an endless supply of this this knowledge that, you know, probably would be better suited for useful stuff. But, I mean, this is what we like. So I mean, dude, I, I'm addicted to BattleBots, trash TV, yeah. and sports. You were watching BattleBots when I got here. <laughs> so, that's, that's true. That's true. So, where do we go first? Weed in New York City or golf with Jay Gruden? Let's go weed in New York City. Weed in New York City. I think we go there. Uh, you and I have not done a podcast episode, shame on us, in over a month. And uh, part of that was the holidays. Part of that was you traveling to the college football playoff semifinals and the national championship game. And I've got a Hornets game every single time I blink um, on top of a four-hour radio show. So we're doing our best, people. All right. But uh, things slowed down for us here in, in the start of 2022. So we will be more consistent. But I Can would- I just say it was cold as fuck in, in Indianapolis? Was it? <laughs> Freezing. That place seems cold. Freezing. Not only that, but the wind. It's not just the temperature, people. The wind was beyond freezing. You know, I don't know how you, you probably got a few of these. The, the cities that you just still haven't been to for some reason uh, in America that other people have. That's one of the ones for me. Like of all the oh. cities I've been to and spent time in, in America, I've never spent any time in Indy. Um, so and everybody I, talks about how it's a great like event. It, it is. All right. And one bad thing about Indianapolis is that it's really very cold. Yeah. But one good thing Seems is that like everything it. is connected. And you can kind of stay indoors mostly walking downtown. But, man, when I say when that wind picks up, Kyle, it is terrible. That's what Minneapolis is like. Oh, Many, and worse. So it I, I get so it. so bad. And it's, uh, it's – I mean, it, it took me four or five days – just to get the cold out of my bones. So I got up to New York, getting us back on track. And yeah, look at us. I mean, look, no, look at us. At. Look at us. We're doing good. We're staying on track. Okay. So, like get, so I get to New York, just freezing ass cold. Uh, <laughs> but steadily, the temperature climbs. And by Saturday, when Army-Navy plays, it's uh, 70 degrees and raining. I mean, muggy. Beautiful. It went from th- like 28 when we got there Thursday morning to 75 on game day. It was weird. So get up to New York. Long story short, I was telling Rome when I got here. I go to New York, I take the girls, uh, wife and daughter come with me and uh, have a, a good little, you know, Christmas trip, little girls first Christmas, take her to New York, Rockefeller tree, the whole thing. We also come back with uh, COVID for Christmas. So, <laughs> hey, because everybody in New York at the time was getting COVID unbeknownst to us. And, uh, you know, there was now I got there and I'll say that there was a COVID testing tent on every other block. So I realized pretty quickly that, uh, yeah, the, the things might be taking a turn for the worse, but hey, we were there. It so might be hot. It might too, be hot in here. Too late at that point. Too late. I'm there, and I'm in Times Square. I'm, I'm going to go walk around. 
So we do the whole thing. And uh, everybody that we met with up there, uh, everybody we knew was up there, I mean, just came, all of them either came back or went to their destinations back with COVID. So uh, I spent some time in the health and safety protocols working from home. Uh, that's continued now, uh, it's sort of for us across the station right now at FNZ. So it's been a, a very weird month since you and I did a podcast. And I was telling Rome that walking around up there now that weed is legal in New York is it's a trip, but it's also at times overwhelming. Like we're up there at Christmas during a really busy time. Lots of people go to uh, New York for Christmas. We met people up there from North Carolina that were just up there to visit. Lots of folks were there and weed's legal. And so at the times that there's heavy foot traffic, which is pretty much always in Times Square, but especially around Christmas, you got people lighting up on the sidewalks everywhere you go. It's a normal thing. It's a normal thing. So you got people standing there in Rockefeller Plaza looking at the Christmas tree, smoking a J. You know, some you know, pre-rolled joint they bought off a big green truck because they've got those on every other block too. I just didn't know. So first of all, I knew weed was like a very easy thing to obtain in New York. Yeah. I knew you could just call it, people deliver it. It's been like that since like, 90s or the 2000 like it wasn't a big deal and um but i did not realize that it was it's legal is it legal uh, uh yeah no it is like you can walk i saw police officers standing there on patrol watching bypassers walk right by them hitting the j or smoking a pen or whatever it, they you know have. what there's no there's no weirder or scarier feeling than when all of a sudden you're in a place where weed is legal you're smoking or you're around somebody smoking and you roll up on the cops. It's like, oh, well, so nervous, so scared. And then you realize like, oh, no, this is normal here. Yep. And it's not a big deal. No, it's not not there. Not anymore. And so that, it was just a bizarro world. Right. There's a cloud of, of just, I mean, <laughs> what smelled like some pretty good weed I mean, everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. And, you know, and, and you're just like, man, is, I'm at a Bob Marley concert. You know, what, what's going on here? It's just normal up there now. And so you have these big green trucks on every corner that they're, they're selling pre-rolled joints. They're selling, you know, probably flour and everything else. I mean, I, we looked around to see what it's just it's a different world. It's Growing a different up, world. we never could have imagined that. I didn't think we'd see this. Well, I thought we'd see it eventually. But I guess when you finally see it for the first time, you have a hard time believing it. So, well, it's let me tell you. So I've been to Amsterdam and that's a whole thing. And everybody knows like Amsterdam is right. really big on very open, weed friendly, like everything. But it's not is capitalistic as it is in America. Sure. Where now, now that they're able to make money off of it and you're getting taxed. It's a gold rush. It's a gold rush. So right. literally, if I can put a truck on every corner just to get it out, yep. they're going to be able to do that. I will pay for the parking just to be able to sell because what I pay in parking and whatever. Yeah, I'm they're probably just it. playing permits to right. you know, be able to set up. In Amsterdam, it's a little bit different. So you know it, you can only buy in certain places, and then they only allow – like you can't grow right. what you sell in Amsterdam. It's a completely different situation, which I didn't know that until I was there, and I was just asking people questions. They explained that to me. Well, the government controls everything. And so the only people that they allow to sell it are people that they're cool with or whoever, whoever, and then you can't drink at the same places where you buy. You can smoke at the same place you can buy alcohol, but you can't buy marijuana at the same place. So they have different levels and rules and regulations are in place. And right now, it seems like New York's kind of fun and they're just letting you do whatever. Yeah, look, and I've been to L.A., you know, since they legalized still it. Still a little so, worried because New York still seems a little dangerous. Right, time. but it, it's, it's, it's New York, you know, and it was happening out west before it happened out here. thousand percent. So I'd been to L.A., you know, I'd seen, you know, all dispensaries there. And, and that, believe me, it was... 
you know, obviously eye-opening. But to see people in New York City, Times Square, walking around, lighting up, weed trucks everywhere, storefronts, weed world, I mean, delivery services. Weed world. Like, it's just, a, I mean, it's a way of life up there now, and people are making money. And so that was that was pretty bizarre. And speaking of, as like we were talking about, the way things used to be, you know, and, and did you see the, the Louisiana candidate for, for Senate, Gary Oh, Chambers? yeah, I did see that. You saw the campaign ad? I, I just saw it like two Smoking days. Smoking a, a hog leg. It, it just in this campaign. He said, he said too many people getting locked up for having just like a small amount, like a joint. They're not locking up drug dealers. He's like, we locking up people that just got a little bit, like myself. <laughs> then he lit it up. I was like, oh, shit. This guy's hilarious. This guy, at this point, it's like the Dude. ship is sailing at this point, people. Right? I mean, the ship is sailing. So, I mean, I think. He's literally running in a state where it's not legal. It's only med- 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 medically legal. And it's really, it's not, they're not just giving these things out either in Louisiana where you can just get a card and no. just go. It's not like that at all. And he's like, no, nah, I'm going to run on it. So <laughs> that's what he's doing. I'm like, not even mad at the guy. Uh, it's hilarious. I mean, the brother got clicks regardless, Kyle. He did. Whether you vote for him or not. He did. You, you knew his name. He's the first guy to do it. <laughs> and he'll guy. always be the first guy to do it. He will always be always. the first guy to do it. You can't Literally take that away like, from him. Nah. And you shouldn't, right? And the thing is, like, I, I'm looking at the map right now because I Shout think— Shout out to all my Louisiana people. It's just amazing. So I think for, what, what Mississippi and Virginia are the only two you know, southern states to have completely legalized it. It's here. And a Louisiana Senate candidate in a campaign <laughs> ad— Sparked up a hog leg and said, basically, fuck you. This is what this, this is the way things are now. And there are a lot of people that have been spending a whole lot of time in prison over this right here. And I just can't believe that I'm at the point in our lives where we finally see this happening. Because we, we've been seeing it swell for a long time now. It's been, it's, it's been a movement for a while. It was normalized in TV, in movies, obviously music. I mean, it has been in you know, certain ways for a long time. Well, to me, I just look back and it's like, man... First of all, what they were smoking in the 60s and 70s is nowhere near close to the potency of what we have right now. Oh, I know. Yeah. It's not even close. No. And then and there for, are some for, super strains that are dangerous. Like, you, people don't need to be that high. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to be that high. Hey, look, man, I, my best friend, bro, he, he smoked a thing called amnesia in Amsterdam. I'm like, bro, I'm not touching that stuff. Are you kidding me? With that kind of name? No. Why would I want to even try that? No. I mean, it's like, it's like, no. That doesn't even sound fun to me. I have no interest in that. <laughs> Not interested. I'm, I'm fine. I'm good. I, I'm good. I get it. I'm, I'm good. Do your thing. Do man. your thing, bro. Dude, you really need to be that high. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> so like some, what sometimes are we doing? I see some of these like, you know, these scare tactic mom videos. It's like uh, weed is this. Like, you know, the, one, the one thing she's got a little bit of a point. Like there's some super strains out there that people probably shouldn't be hopping behind. The no doubt. And not only that, but for people that don't know what they're doing either, just you know, it's look, man. I agree. I will say that I will hundred one thousand percent agree. I think it's something that people should not be allowed to do into their adults, and so they, when their brains are more fully developed as well. Absolutely. I, I think um, if you do not know how to handle these things, I can think it can alter attitude, personalities, all these things, especially when you're not equipped to handle these things and emotions and. All these other things I think so many young teenagers go through. I mean, it's being a teenager. You're, you're, you're growing. Your hormones and everything's all I mean, off. if you're – I could start – I could do the thing where I start rattling off all the things that it helps, you know, yeah. from glaucoma to eating disorders to – Oh, know, Kyle, pain, you'd be preaching to, to the choir over here, management Kyle. to everything yeah. else. Like, at this point, I hope I don't have to rattle those off. And if you don't know those, it's probably because you don't want to know those. Because, I agree. Yeah. And so, like, it's – 
the fact that you and I, I just have think it's cool that this guy's really running well, on. Like you have a job at the SEC Network, right? Yes. I, I host a, a daily radio show in, in a major market, and you and I do a lot of things that we don't really want to risk losing over something silly. No. But the fact that we can even sit here and have a conversation as people who, again, aren't super stoners and aren't out here telling people to smoke more weed, just no, you know, acknowledging it never really should have ruined people's lives or ever been you know, criminalized in any way. Um, it's, you know, kind of satisfying, but also great to see it happening in a way that, uh, you know, people can now just be who they are and we can recognize that this shouldn't be a tool to make people's lives worse. And it never should have been. Um, the only thing this should have been used for is to make people's lives better. And that's what you're seeing now. And I, I think that's a good thing. Now you say that, and like you said a moment ago, just because you argue in favor of it, um, you know, people will say, oh, he just wants to be able to smoke weed all the time. He's a stoner. No, I mean, you, you, you're not one or the other here. I, I think you should just probably stop policing what people do when it comes to their own personal decisions like that. But, you know, that's what I got. Yeah, so, everybody, everybody's got their own thing. Man. So we, we got the weed in New York City in. Now, golf with Jay Gruden. Um, <laughs> this is where we go next because the I, I'm talking about – I have never talked more about an offensive coordinator search in my life than what I'm doing right now with the Panthers. And uh, – they're, yeah, what's up with that? How how's it? So I how's mean, it going, Kyle? I, mean, I, I want to know. They're they're interviewing dudes. Scotty Montgomery, uh, Jay Gruden, both got two interviews. Uh, oh, Ben McAdoo, former Giants head coach. Uh, what else we got? Oh, Tim Kelly, Houston Texans, who I, I like actually. It intrigues me. Was uh, Deshaun Watson's OC for two years. Uh, what else we got? Uh, then you got like Mike Grow, Clint Kubiak, um, Luke Getzey. Packers quarterbacks coach working with Brett with uh, Aaron Rodgers so yeah the, but like I could work with Aaron Rodgers and be good oh okay well Ben McAdoo worked with him back in, in the day in Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers has great things to say about Ben McAdoo but people think that he's you know a, a garbage choice because he flamed out as a head coach in New York <laughs> but what they overlooked was he was he had, really bad he was really bad but he before that he had two I mean everybody's been really bad in New York yeah but he had two really good years as the OC before they made him the head coach so like he when he when he came in they had two top ten offenses, and Eli had the best numbers of his career at that point. So that's why he got the jobs. Respect. So maybe he's just a good OC. Maybe he's one of those guys that's not cut out to be a head coach. I don't know. But the Jay Gruden thing, right? Jay Gruden's different. He was a head coach uh, for a while at an, at an organization that is now embroiled in controversy, you know, in emails. And his brother John Gruden got caught up in it and got fired. And uh, there's the video of Jay, you know, the one, uh, you know, partying a little bit. Uh, oh, yeah, I don't even know if I know Yeah, we this. don't need to get into it, but, you know, it's out there. And so, but at the same time, he was a head coach. They won some games. He was an o, a successful I've OC. I've had a couple of drinks with him. He's a cool dude. Uh, we're going to get to that. Time. We're going to get to that. And so, you know, I had a good run in Cincinnati with Andy Dalton those years. They went to the playoffs. Agreed. And, and so, I, I mean, from a, if you need a guy who can call plays with NFL experience, I mean, it seems to me like he could probably do it. Yeah. And, and also, uh, I've also heard some opposite points that uh, who – it's going to take the right coach, right? Because wh why do I want to come coach with Matt Rule as well? Boom. <laughs> they, I got to be smart if I want to continue to have a career as well. Boom. You know what I mean? I, I think that's also something that every coach is going to have to think about, knowing that if I come in, I'm not only going to have to help the captain out, but I'm kind of going to have to be his life, his life vest. Like, right. I have to help not only – Sell the ship, but, dude, I'm going to have to get this thing up out the water and going. And if you're Jay Gruden, though, you say, well, if we show improvement on offense and Matt Rule still gets canned, that might be an opportunity for me to slide back into being a head coach in the NFL. There's no doubt about it that he could definitely be. And Matt Rule knows that when he interviews him. Right. He's aware of that, but he doesn't really have the luxury of being all that choosy right now because Pep Hamilton just turned him down. 
uh, Pep Hamilton declined to interview with the Panthers. And I don't blame him. Um, you know, Pep, and, and this is less actually, I think, about the Panthers than it is about Pep because he kind of got scapegoated in Indianapolis back in 2015. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then from there, I forget exactly how the, tur- how the sequence of events goes, but he worked with Justin Herbert uh, his first year, had a big year, did a great job. Uh, he, he ran the D.C. Defenders in the XFL, uh, head coach and GM, and uh, was, is with the Texans now. So he's had a couple he of jobs. He wasn't completely the GM. I had, my boy was the GM, too. My boy smoked Dixon. Uh, yeah, I don't know. But I anyways. just saw the title. But regardless, yeah, yeah. you know, he's had a few different gigs over the past couple of years. But he's got a good Perhaps resume. That's a really good coach. And he's still relatively young at 47 years old. So if he wants to be a head coach, well, A, he you know, probably should avoid having like four jobs in five years, you know, if you can help that. And uh, on top of that, Having been maybe scapegoated a bit in Indianapolis by that whole Chuck Pagano situation back then, maybe he sees Matt Rule letting Joe Brady go and doesn't want to deal with that, with things not looking all that rosy in year three. So I'm, I'm just speculating, but uh, they want, they'll, they're want they going to make him the OC in Houston. So, I mean, he's got a job. He's got an OC job. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why they just let Tim Kelly go, because they want to keep Pep. Uh, but Tim Kelly's highly regarded. Like, I think it, the Panthers might be making a good hire if they pick him up. Uh, worked with Deshaun in 2019 and 20, put up some really good numbers. Pep obviously had something to do with that, I guess, what, uh, last year. But then this year, um, the two of them, with what, Davis Mills and Tyrod Taylor, that team was supposed to be awful. They, they were competitive. They, comp- they were definitely – I don't understand why they let go of the coach. I, I'm still like – I have no idea what that organization is doing. I think they, they plan to do that all along. I think they did. <laughs> I mean, look at the money they gave him, right, kind of up front. To get, I mean, he's going to walk away, what, $8, $10 million richer for a year's work. And, but the thing is, he'll probably never get another shot. And, right, that's I mean, the messed up part. I guess I can't be too sad for him. He's a rich man, and he's had a good run in the NFL. Yeah, but uh, the only thing I su- it sucks is that minority coaches only get one chance. Well, that's the they truth. don't they don't get that's to the truth. Yeah, try it again. You know what I mean? That, it, yeah, it, that's the sucky part. That's the part that bothers me the most. But I, it's undeniable, absolutely. It, it, but you know what? Kyle, I don't own a team, so I can't change it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's, it's, and I'm not going to sit up here and complain about it. it. At this point, the statement that says everything. Without saying anything. I will it say this about the Brian Flores situation. I don't know how, and I'm curious how much it matters to you, not to get us too far off track, but the, the general understanding of that that I have is that there was disagreement between Brian Flores and the, the GM, Chris Greer. It's all about relationships. Who is also black, the GM. Yep. And there was disagreement over Tua versus uh, Herbert. Flores yep. wanted Herbert and Greer wanted Tua. That's the way I, I understand that. But also, I mean, apparently there was strife in the, in, between the two of them. And Stephen Ross said, well, we're going to keep the GM, Chris Greer, who's been with the organization for 20 years. Brian Flores, you can, you know, pack your bags. So, yeah, a black coach got fired after two, a successful run. But is the context here that he got fired because the owner sided with the black GM who's been with the organization for a long time? I'm asking you. No, for me, I take it as that it is a relationship-driven game. Like, when I leave football, when I, now that I've left football, the only thing I got with me, Kyle, are the relationships that I got from it. Sure. And understanding that don't burn in, not burning bridges, getting people on the same page, being able to communicate with different levels of people upstairs, downstairs, in the middle, it, you really have to learn how to play a people's game as well. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Especially up top. Especially up top. You, if you don't get along with the GM and you're not getting along with the owner – you're just not going to make it. doesn't matter how good you are. They don't like you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and because it's their decision, ultimately, it doesn't matter. doesn't matter what anybody else thinks because the GM thinks he's doing a good job. And the GM believes they're building a really good team. I just need a coach to coach them. Yep. All right? 
and I continue to sell that to the owner, the owner believes in me, I, the owner's got my back. And the GM is ultimately the person that's running the team. That's why Nick Saban got the hell out. Well, but it's also interesting to see some of the dynamics that, like Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien wasn't a terrible head football no. coach in Houston. He just shouldn't have been in charge of personnel, too. And I don't know why they made him do that. Right. And so he made know, terrible I, decisions. I, you know, uh, Matt Rule has had a lot of say over personnel. They've got more people in the He didn't call now. a great game against Georgia either, though. Who, who's that? Oh, Bill O'Brien? Yeah. yeah but, yeah, you know, it got real tough, though, when Jameson Williams got hurt. Just I, no, no doubt. We, okay. We can, we, you can fried. tee off on that in a second. But no, like, I'm not. Anyways, it, anyway. So, yeah, there, there's a lot of, you know, conversation there. But back to the Gruden thing. You played golf with Jay Gruden. I did. How'd it go? My team ousted his. We, we beat his team. And he's a good golfer, competitive, takes it freaking serious. And I he like got it. pissed off I like it. when his partner starts shitting the bed a little bit. <laughs> so he's very competitive. He is. And I, I remember talking a little shit to him, too, man, as we were, like, playing golf. And as my team is moving on, you know, because it's a, it's a shootout. So – the lowest scores on each hole, teams got to go. Yeah. And so it was 20, 30-something teams out there. So, I mean, <laughs> dude, guys are going home on the, on, on, at the hole. I saw Mike Vick get mad and double hit a putt and, like, blew it. He was out. <laughs> and he's a better golfer than me by far. Jay Gruden is too. It's not about the best golfer. So that's another frustrating, crazy part about what this tournament is. And – um. Dude, it was fun. So then he, me and him got a little closer. We were both talking. He was talking trash about moving on, you know, just punching tickets, baby. All you need is a ticket to the next hole. That's it. That's all you want, dog, survival of the fittest. I love it. And he had a, we had a great time. He's a really cool dude. Uh, we shared a couple of drinks, a lot of laughs. He seemed like a great person, you know. And it's just crazy because D'Angelo Hall has great respect for him, too. Knew him from Washington with the Redskins. Right. Like, like great, he's like, dude, I respect this, I respect the crap out of this dude. Like, he's a good Glad dude. Glad you said that. He's I gotta, a, get, I gotta good, get, I gotta get D Hall on the show to talk about this. Keep he, going. He's a good professional dude, you know, and and so seeing all that, and now seeing people get fired, like good coaches, good people. This is the NFL, man. It's the hardest of the hardest, man. It's competitive. It ain't a lot of jobs out there, and. You got to be really good. You got to be really dedicated. And you got to make sure the players believe in you. The players, because they're the ones that's winning the game, bro. I don't care. You can be the smartest coach. I've been seeing all these reels lately of the San Francisco 49ers offensive coordinator, who's just a dorky dude who's kind of funny. He's hilarious. Exactly. But, I mean, he's, can he be a head coach? I don't know. Exactly. But but his name is getting tossed out there now because he's the interviewer that people laugh. I think part of it, though, too, is you're talking about relationships, right? The and he's he's been grinding for like 15 years. That's what I'm saying. The dude looks like he just eats Cheetos and hot wings and plays video and plays Madden all night. Like, but, no doubt. And, but he's hilarious. The whole Mike Jones thing the other day in the press that was conference. Good, but that's, I mean, but who? Like, my, everybody loves what, that. So you talked about it, though. Relationships, right? Yes, it is. His players love him. The players love him. So, of course. And he he's been with Shanahan since, like, 07. Right, since Madden 07. And so, like, they, <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, his players love him. Like, they all speak highly of him. They think he's great. So, I mean, that's how you – when players, you get that rep. You know how it is. It's the same way in media, the same way in law or medicine. You get a good rep as being a, a great guy, somebody people want to work with, and you've got some talent. Of course, you're going to start to rock it, man, um, for the most part. But I, I think he's – I think he's interesting. I don't know if he's going to be a good head coach. We don't know if any of these guys – 
you know, who are going to be first-time head coaches are going to be great. Like Matt Rule had the, the odds stacked against him the day he stepped foot in that door because first-time owners in the NFL in their first head coaching hire statistically get it wrong overwhelmingly. Then you add on top of that, he's a college guy trying to make the jump to the NFL. Yep. The odds get even more steep that he's going to have success. Then he brings in an offensive coordinator from college that had never called games. Right, exactly, and hadn't done much on-field coaching in that position at the NFL level. Like, I don't think Joe Brady's an idiot. I don't think Joe Brady, you know, won't have success in the future. But, like, people that want to say, oh, Joe Brady was the scapegoat. Well, I mean, that Joe Brady, you know, I don't know. I'm not going to say he deserved to get fired. But, like, I don't think Joe Brady was perfect at his job. And I don't think he'd tell you that either. No, he had some mistakes. But, you know, that's also on-the-job training, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a lot of on-the-job training and in the NFL. that's what the owner paid for. Yeah, I mean, like, it's a lot of on-the-job training. All of I, 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 I do hate the fact that that they let Joe go. Joe got a bad deal, bro. He got a bad deck of cards dealt to him. And from the quarterback situation that was shaky, the offensive line situation that was shaky, the weapons on the out from Christian McCaffrey was never healthy since he's been here. He hasn't been healthy. Like, sorry, your best player that we're paying the highest on the whole team. You're not going to have him for like 75% of No, it was not an idea <laughs> for, for any of them. You know what I mean? So not it's idea. like, Okay. They, they've and, made a mess of the quarterback situation. They've made a complete mess of this whole quarterback situation. They have. Which, interestingly, they've done in, Ron's done in D.C., by the way. Uh, what? Ron Rivera. They've got, I mean, they've made a mess of their quarterback situation up there, too. They went from, like, Dwayne Haskins to Kyle Allen to uh, right. Taylor Well, Heineke they had to, to just get rid of Haskins. Back it's to okay. Taylor Heineke. I mean. Uh, they're not mad at their situation because they got time. He does, he's two years in. Now, yeah, he's, exactly. He's more established. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But they're he's pushing more, up there. Yes, but they still win games. They're still competitive. The Panthers are not competitive, especially in the months that count the most. What a fucked up organization. That's the problem with Carolina right now under Matt Rule is that that's the only problem I have with them. I said I wasn't going to count anything the first two years because I wasn't expecting anything from them. So third year, you're on the clock. So do you – I'm glad you said that because I want to get to a few other things. But I talked to Jordan Gross about this like two weeks ago. And Jordan, like some people will accuse Jordan because he does some radio for the team a couple games a year of being a company man, right? You know, or he's just, he's too optimistic. But he was talking. He is, I, I think that's him as a real person. I think he's a real person that way. Like, <laughs> like I think that's just who he is. If people don't know him, I, right. I've met Jordan. He's great. He's, yeah, he's super nice guy. Yes, and, that's and who he is. And he basically <laughs> said, he was like, yeah, I think they, they can get this done in an offseason. He said, you're, you're always one year away in the NFL if you get some things right. But then he also said. The NFL, the NFL aims to do that as well. Right. And so then he said, you know, with Matt Rule, he said, I, I still kind of look at last year as sort of a mulligan. It was, his, it was a pandemic. It was his first year. He was like, I, that sucked Is it for everybody. And so I, I think that there are a whole lot less people, far fewer people, that are even willing to consider that, right, or, or to, because they've made some decisions that have made this thing worse. And I'm not saying that anybody should have sympathy for Matt Rule. I'm just saying that didn't you kind of expect that with all that and a brand-new guy that, it, it, you know, there might be some, a few Kyle, more bumps in the road? Kyle, you know what? Yes, but when you, make, when you trade away a second-round pick yeah. and you trade away a third-round pick and, like, you're showing the, the, the fans that, Oh, we're trying to go get this thing. Yeah. When you're making deals and giving up future capital for now, you want results right now. Yeah, that's fair. So don't do that if you don't want us to have this opinion about what's going on. Sure. You can't. So that was I also agree. another issue that I had, like, with the downstairs versus, like, what are we building connection-wise. And I've been to a couple games, the Panthers, this past year. The players, 
must learn how to play for Matt Rule. If Matt Rule cannot get the players to play for him, it ain't going to matter. No, no, no. It ain't going to matter. The players got to play. And right now, I thought the Panthers got some holes in their game, bro. Hopefully they get better. And they, they got to draft well. But I don't – so they're going to hit Evan a home run. Evan Neal. I want Evan Neal in black and blue. I got it. Week one, 2022. That was not supposed to be a poem. That's what I want. <laughs> Evan Neal, black and blue. Week one starter, 2022. That's what – I'm going to keep repeating that until it happens. That's what I want. I think that should happen. I'm not even mad at you for that it, if he's there. It, wouldn't that be just the smartest pick of all time? Yeah, I don't know if he's going to be there. I'm not sure about that myself. Although there are people who think the Aquanu kid out of uh, NC State might actually go ahead of him now. We'll see. Don't know. I'm not in that draft I will. Mode. I will watch the Aquanu kid. I'll go back on film this week, Kyle. Please do. I'll have your answer in four to five days. Please do. Now, would, right. would, you, would you care to? Uh, Hold on. I got to say one more thing about the Panthers. What you got? Is that. They're going to hit a home run in the first in the first round, okay? With who? I don't know. <laughs> right. So they're staying at six. They're going to hit a home run. They're going to hit a home run. They just don't know how yet. The Panthers always hit home runs in the first round. The only one I would question probably in the last 10 years is, like, Brown right now. And that's just because he's young. He just hadn't hit his stride. But he's still good. But the rest have been home runs. I, the Panthers don't – besides the 1D lineman, he was bad. Uh, he had a good last year here. You're not talking about Derek Brown, are you? No, 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 no. Oh, 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 oh. The, the D line. Um, who are you talking about? Uh, oh, my gosh. It's going to come to me in a second. Anyways, they have no other draft capital. So, how do you improve this team without draft picks? This team has been drafted. The whole look. They drafted all defense the first year, and you looked up, and you're like, man, they got, like, two players out of that. all of that. You got two. I mean, I still think they got some dudes. I mean, I, I, coming out of this draft. No, right? no, 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 no. The first year's draft. The defensive draft. The whole defensive draft. Right. You got like two dudes. Nah. You think so? That's it. I mean, Jeremy Chen could play. He's the second guy. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You got two dudes. <laughs> so Derek Brown and Jeremy Chen, that's it. That's it. What else? I think Ito Grossmato still has some potential. I mean, he's been dealing, he's dealt with some injuries. What? Okay. Fine. I still like him. Two and a half. Two and a half. You you cannot give him a whole dude check mark yet. All right. Well, All right. So, so then, then after that, this pass went J.C. Horn home run. Love it. Yep. And people just don't see the value in it because he's been hurt. He's been hurt. Right. He would have been maybe a pro, like pre, he was, could have been. He, pro he, was, he was going to be an all rookie team. Yeah, no doubt, thousand percent. And he was going to play enough to do it. Yep. All right. You bring back the other young corner, um, Stefan. Stefan, I don't want to be here. You think he wants to be here? I don't know. All right, <laughs> I'm not going to speak for the man. I, I just think the younger and cheaper choice would be um, Flat, uh, whatever his name is from LSU, uh, Jackson. Oh yeah, Dante. I think Dante's a, a cheaper. More value going forward pick uh, for signing-wise, in my opinion. Hmm. All right. You also got Henderson, who you traded for, so he has to be in the mix at some kind of way in your secondary. And then you got Jeremy Chen. So, I mean, your secondary, you got some really good pieces here. I think you got some really good things to work on. You need to upgrade this offensive line, and you must remember at all times in the NFL, if you, you have no chance when you have no quarterback. You have no chance. No, that, that's the bottom so, line. That's the bottom line. 
period. You have no chance when you have no quarterback. <laughs> so they got to get that situation under control. I'm not even saying great. I'm just saying under control. And if you do that, you'll be fine. They need to protect him as well. So Evan Neal at whatever, sounds like a great pick, Kyle, but I don't know if he's going to be there. Well, he might Because not be quarterbacks are not a high value in this draft. Mm. No, well, I mean, Kenny Pickett still might be. I'm t- look, I'm just saying. I mean, look, that's fine. I hope he does great, but I'll never root for him because he did the fake slide. What? Come on. I'm telling you, I'm off him. Are you because of the fake slide? Yeah, Bush League. You mean that too, don't you? I do mean that. Come uh, on. You look at my face. Like, first of all, first of all, they had to change the rule. I'm with you. That can't they be do. allowed. <laughs> that can't be allowed. But there's no way you think he, like, planned that out, right? Because it looked like a reaction to me. Kyle, I saw him do it. So now you hate Kenny Pickett. I don't hate him. You hate his guts. I don't hate his guts. You despise his whole family. I do not despise his whole family. I just don't root for the kid. Wow. Bush League. What? Bush League? That was a Bush League move. He did it once. Don't, that's because they made it illegal immediately <laughs> afterwards. Like a week later. We all knew it was going to take like a second. <laughs> right? Immediately like, made as it. As soon as he did it, we're like, oh, yeah, they're going to change that rule. That's, they're going to change that rule. The worst part was that he had somebody on ESPN say – that was a great move. Some offensive oh, guy. Oh, yeah. They celebrated the hell out of it. I was like, I mean, it was <laughs> impressive. I don't know how he didn't tear his ACL for the first time. I, I don't. I, when we tell you how, he's because he, he's 22. That's fair. That's true. He's 22 years that's old. That's true. Guy. Yeah, you're right. And he works out. That's a very good point. <laughs> but uh, come on. You're being a little harsh on Kenny Pickett for pulling off an hey, extremely look, impressive I, athletic I, He's going to be a first-round quarterback. He's probably the top quarterback in this draft. I like Matt Corral personally because Matt Corral Ooh. is uh, – Accurate thrower of the football. So, and the things yeah. that he needed to take care of and get better at, I think he improved in that area, in that area which was turnovers. All no right. more throwing interceptions, and he did a great job of taking care of the football. I love that. I also think Kenny Pickett just has a hose, and he had some, a talented receiver, played in a, a not-so-great conference, but he handled his business when it mattered the most. And so I, I'm going to look up Kenny Pickett. I'm looking – Dive into him a little bit more in the next five days. Mm-hmm. I got the O-lineman from NC State in four to five. Uh, and now I'll be done with Kenny Pickett in the next five. All right. All right. Let me know. So, you, so you're going to go Pickett and Quanu. Film study on those two. Done. A little ACC film study for the and SEC. Network I'm, guy. Yeah. I'm, I'm jumping in. I'll be next you know, I'll be a freaking draft guru as well, Kyle. Mm-mm-mm. All right. Well, we'll and see all I, I'm just only going to tell you is like, how's it going to translate and transition over to the NFL? I give you a good comparison of what I see. And, and what I'm looking for. I'll talk to my scout buddies, too, about looking at O-linemen. Mm. But he does play tackle, so at least I'll be interested in watching him. All right, if you say so. If you say so. I, I've got to uh, do TV tonight, and i got to go on and talk about, I think, these uh, Charlotte Hornets. And I meant to tell you. That was a great win the, last night. Really good win. They beat the Celtics. Uh, great win. Really, really good win. And uh, so tonight I'm doing a little TV hit with our friends, Will Kunkel, and Carla Gebhardt and Christian Audi, Fox 46, Queen love, City News. Love Audi. Charlotte Sports Live. Will Kunkel. Uh, yeah. Love Will, the dude to death. Best head of hair in, in Charlotte television. Ooh, I don't know, man. Have you seen the morning show, uh, Fox Guy? Nope. Oh, my gosh. He's got better hair. All right, if you say so. Well, anyway, I'm going to go talk to those guys. And we're going to talk about the Hornets. And, dude, I have uh, – you know these Lamello stands? They're just absolutely insane people. 
What's uh, wrong with it's them? It's like a, a tr- like an army of like fifteen year old trolls and weird dudes that like worship Lamelo Ball, and they have YouTube pages dedicated to the Ball family. It's very strange. Um, <laughs> you know, it, you can't like they will seek out uh, you know Lamelo Ball's name on Twitter and you know fight to the death with anyone who either criticizes Lamelo Ball in any way. Uh, or doesn't think that the Hornets organization is trying to sabotage him and that he should get away from Charlotte as quickly as possible when his rookie deal's up. I'm telling you, these people are strange. Uh, they're absolutely They, they go that hard. Oh, they're intense, dude. They go that hard. They really do. Uh, you Again, just if you ever get really bored, really bored, tweet out like a light criticism of LaMelo Ball and then check your mentions 15 minutes later and see what happens. It's uh, that bad. Uh, it's, it's rough, dude. Like they, I've seen some of these YouTube channels pop up here and there, and this is where I'm going with this with you. You ready for this? I'm ready. So... I, I, I go after him a little bit on Twitter the other day just because I'm bored and I have the time. Uh-huh. And, you know, I pick a fight that I'm going to have some fun with. And then I double down and I, I start really getting into him. And I, one guy comes on and starts telling me all about he played college ball and this, that, and the other and, you know, don't know what I'm talking about. I'm like, all right, you know, I, I give my own perspective on it. And he's like, well, come on my YouTube cha- or channel and debate me. And I'm like, all right. And I'm so- oh, oh, so you went on? Not yet. <laughs> I, I have accepted <laughs> an invitation. <laughs> Say, like, are you about to go? What? <laughs> I've accepted the invitation, uh, and so yeah, I, I'll probably. People, pop- you can tell me and Cal, we literally just come together and talk about this. Shit. Yeah, we do. All it's right, like, yeah, so, we, we could do so this. We catch up and we record. This it. guy has a YouTube channel. Yeah, what's the name of it? Uh, I don't know. Uh, okay, all don't right. know. I, I just, I I just want to get I know that very out few details, right? Okay. So I get an email from their booker, and it's like, hey, uh, this is such and such. Very polite email, but says that we want to book you to come on the uh, YouTube channel for a debate. And I'm like, well, I don't have time for a debate, so I, I'll give you 15 minutes next week. You know, you, I mean, you can ask me some questions. That's fine, but like, I don't have. I'm not doing a debate here. Like, I got things to do. This, I, this isn't uh, undisputed. You know, we'll talk. Like a little. The, the one young man that I know, the big Georgia fan that came on and always comes at you. Uh, uh, the Twitter guy. Don't oh, no, we're not going to say it. But now yeah. I know you're talking about. Yeah. Boy, that guy's eating crow right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, that guy's eating crow, like a whole lot of crow, like a whole lot of just James <laughs> Borrego seasoned crow right now. Hey, man, the Hornets look really good. They're good. They're, I mean, they're legitimately good, and they're fun. Especially in the East right now. They are fun. And these LaMelo weirdos and- on the internet are trying to suck the fun out of it because they're like, you know, JB's sabotaging him. He, want, he should have let him play 40 minutes <laughs> in the fourth quarter and get a quadruple double. He hates his guts. I'm like, you people are clinically insane but no they're awesome they're so much fun look man you have a genuine superstar in Lamelo. number one he's very young and dude he makes shots all right yeah he makes shots um they got the young kid pj wash uh not uh not pj the uh the other one the high flyer miles bridges miles bridges most important player on the team baller he takes him to another level yep kelly Oubre is just a scorer whether he needs to shoot or not, he's going to shoot in and score. Like, that's what he does. Um, and, uh, of course, Scary Terry is the one, right? He's the heartbeat that kind of, like, makes it – he's the, the engine. But I feel like LaMelo's the conductor that really makes it – he's the one that's in charge. If he's in charge, I feel like you got a chance. And uh, he will get, continue to get better with the shots. Then you got the Wiley veterans out there, too, Mason Plumley. You also have uh, – oh, my gosh – uh, Gordon Hayward. Oh yeah, no. Th- this is this a- team. The roster's built, and they can win right now. Well, people will stay bitching about Mason Plumley, right? He's not that good. We need an elite. He's ex- I mean, they don't. I'm sorry, you can't be perfect. I mean, it's salary cap league, right? I mean, you, you can't be perfect. Try to draft some guys and develop them, which they've done. And yes. the problem is right now, though, I don't care how much you hate Mason Plumley. If you do, 
Uh, they're 25 and 20, winning a whole lot of games. They're healthy. They're beating good teams, and they got mostly home games the rest of the way. Yeah, yeah. So they've had way more games away. They're, I mean, unless they start, you know, collecting injuries, they're going to be a playoff team. There will be really playoff good. basketball in Charlotte, North Carolina. Can't wait. For the first time in a long time. And I also cannot wait. So, like, right now, you're not harshing my, my buzz on this Hornets team right now. Pardon that horrible I'm, pun. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm buzz city right now. I'm purpose. not going to lie. I, I've been telling my kids, I'm like, dude, I got to get me a, a jersey or two. Yes. I got to get me two of them. I, yes. got, I, need, I need Miles Bridges and I need me a Melo for no, sure. No, they're fun, man. They're really, really fun. So, yeah, I'll, I'll let you know how I it goes. I watched them play the Celtics last night. It was a very good win. They Scary Terry was balling last night. He made a couple sidestep threes. He made one sidestep three to kind of close it out in the fourth quarter. That was amazing. LaMelo hit a couple deep shots. You know, I just love when he hits the three points on his, you know, let him know he's got the ice water in his veins, bro. <laughs> he just sells it. He's a salesman as well. Oh, yeah. He's no, a salesman. He gets I don't, it. I don't, I don't want to just watch basketball. He's, I mean, not he's to get salesman. too, you know, lame or high-minded about it, but like, there, it's like an artistry on the floor because he's he's taking creative license with, with the game and with the basketball that most guys don't get to do. Right. But, but because he showed up doing it, and because you know he was professionalized at 16 years old, and because he's been told his whole life not not to do it, but do as much of it as he can <laughs> and be great at it. He has that you he, just got to accept it. He has definitely been told that he has. <laughs> he had eight turnovers last night while he had a triple double, but he had eight turnovers. Nobody's mad today. They're just like, well, you got to live with it. Hey, nobody oh, shot like shit too. He shot like shit. <laughs> I mean, took I mean, took some really ill-advised yeah, threes. His shot selection will have to improve. But he finished with 15, 10, and 10, and eight, eight turnovers. Everybody's happy because they won again. <laughs> That's all that matters right now. And you know what? I, I give Borrego credit because all he harps on is defense. Yes. He's like, look. It's all great. It's like, fun. All he cares about is defense <laughs> all the time. That's the best thing that I, I think about when I listen to his interviews. Yeah, he's, oh, like, you guys, he's like, I just, guys, please, please remember. Defense. defense. It's all starts with defense. They like, have to play defense. <laughs> like, that's all he cares about <laughs> is defense, defense, defense. And he's like, the, I don't have to worry about them shooting. We, we're not scared. Right. plenty of those we, guys. We got tons of that. Like, that is not what we worry about. Hey. Guard somebody. We must defend please that's all he ever talks you're about embarrassing me guard somebody they're gonna think i don't teach you defense guard somebody <laughs> that is all he ever talks about and since christmas they've been defending the shit out of people i, mean, they I thought they great the, i thought they defended great versus the celtics last night they played with effort miles bridges is sneaky really good because he likes to he likes to at least try and attempt to block shots. Oh, He's yeah, not a rim protector. Miles gives you he everything go. he has. <laughs> he gives you everything he has on yes. both ends of the floor. Yes. And speaking of that and, you know, triple doubles and not doing that, how about your boy Russell Westbrook and what he did last night? I know you've seen those highlights. No, I didn't. Oh, you didn't see him? No, man. I'm almost – I'm not boycotting my Lakers. I'm just – I'm just – We. I don't know, man. We're not on good I bet you they still right fire Frank Vogel and blame it on him. But, I, I mean <laughs> – <laughs> There's no way they can fire Frank Vogel. Oh, Vogel's they, actually a decent coach. I'm not saying they should, but I mean they might. And Russ Westbrook, I mean the dude, he didn't stick around for post game. He got out of there last night. He got benched. I mean he was. I mean he wouldn't play any defense. It was he wouldn't even feign playing defense last night. So yeah, they they benched him, and uh, I don't know what's going to happen. But back to the Hornets real quick. Um, they're they're fun, and dude. Charlotte has deserved a team like this uh -huh. for a long time. And they're just getting started. So long as they don't mess up the salary cap situation, right? They're going to owe Miles Bridges a lot more money at the end of this season than they tried to get him for at the start of the season. Mello's tab's going to come due. They just paid Terry. Uh, they gave Gordon a big contract, and they got some dudes they cannot let walk, right? You got to let. I mean, Kelly Oubre Jr. is fine for now, 
But, like, you got some – Cody Martin's got to come back. I mean, I think he's a big part of what they do, and you never would have said that a year ago. But he's been enormous this year. So, I mean, if, if you – I mean, look, if you're listening to us – He's chance, somebody that's covering the ball 90 feet. He's, fantastic. He, you know what I mean? He's fantastic. He's putting pressure on the ball 90 feet. Yes, he is. Th- those are – these are the glue guys. P.J. Washington is doing dirty work on a lot of nights where he could otherwise be jacking up shots if all he cared about was getting paid. But he's playing defense. He's, he's rebounding. And he, the points come on certain nights, but he was I'm big I'm just glad he's not man. with that – I mean, well, yeah. I'm just glad he's... She was trending again this morning. I've learned more about Brittany Renner in the past six months than I ever wanted to learn about Brittany Renner. And I think I need to mute her on Twitter. <coughs> Excuse me. Dude. I need to start muting people on Twitter. It's real, bro. Yeah, it's real, yeah, I guess. Um, I want to ask you a question about something. Your boy Nick Saban was in the news this week. The GOAT. For not football stuff. Did you see this? I did. The Voting Rights Act. I he, did. He signed the letter with. I thought uh, that was huge. So for those that don't know, he signed the letter with NBA great Jerry West and with. Other West Virginia greats. Right. Other West Virginia greats. Uh, Paul Tagliabu, former uh, NFL commissioner. Yep. I got a ball with his name. And uh, there's a fourth that's escaping me. I'm going to have to Google that now. But regardless, uh, they, they signed a letter. It was er- Daryl Talley. There you go. Uh, the linebacker from Buffalo Bills from yep. the Super Bowl teams, so number they, 56. They, they signed a letter urging West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin to support and sign the uh, the voting rights bill. Yep. And, of course, him and Kristen Sinema in Arizona are the two uh, maverick blue dog Democrats, I guess. Well, that uh, I don't even know why Manchin's saying no to this one. Like, what is he doing? Well, I mean, West Virginia's changed, man. I mean, I, I, West Virginia used to be deeply blue. You know, coal miners, I, I didn't even, unions. I, 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 mean, it, I can it used to be a deeply blue state, but I mean, it's, it's it's not light anymore. I understand that. No, but I'm saying like Joe Manchin was seen, uh, maybe caught is the right word, uh, fundraising with Republicans a couple of months ago. He's a Democrat, right? But <laughs> he's I mean, definitely. On, uh, he, I don't. He's definitely not with them. And West Virginia's <laughs> politics and, and their demographics politically are fascinating now, right? Um, especially after 2016 with Trump. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a very, very, you know, I, but the point is Saban jumps into this, right? Yes. And you think of, of Nick Saban, the, the king of college football, um, you know, the most powerful man in Alabama and has been for some time. Thousand percent. Uh, think of this guy, first of all, coming out with the Black Lives Matter video. Yep, um, when he was marching with his players. players and uh, coming out in Loved support it. of masks and vaccines and has now come out signing a letter urging Joe Manchin to sign and approve uh, the, the voting rights bill. And, I mean, he's in Alabama. Like, yeah, I know. He didn't, do, he didn't have to do it. There are a whole lot of people screaming at Nick Saban to stick to football right now who have been worshiping at the, the altar of and Nick he Saban doesn't for care. over a decade. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. To me, that's why he continues to get more and more respect from me, is that I've got to know him a little bit more since he's been there, especially the last, like, what, seven years of my life. I feel like I've got to know him more and more. And I respect the crap out of him because he doesn't just talk the talk, bro. He walks it. He holds his players to certain standards. He holds himself to a certain standard. And he has the ability. Like, when he does it, 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 it really matters. And, he, and the best thing about it for me that I thought was that, man, he don't have to do that. No. Like, nobody, like, nobody would have been surprised or shocked if his name was not on that list. No, but And I mean, he's in the, uh, one of the most red states when it comes to these things politically. Whether Everybody should have the right to vote if you're a natural, if you're a citizen. Of course. Right? So, like, that's like, I'm not even going to go down that line. And we don't even have to debate the bill, but, like, it's hor- like the discourse around it's horrible because it always goes back to what's wrong with requiring an ID to vote? Nothing. 
And like, nothing at all. Most people I know don't even object to that, right? <laughs> there are provisions in the bill to you know make it easier and and cheaper, if not outright free for everybody to make sure they have an ID, which yeah, is what I think should they happen. also want to make it a national holiday, right? But then you get into the you know the issues of uh, you know drop boxes and you know drive through voting and and mail in ballots and things like that. I mean, you already have states that send out mail in ballots automatically every single election you know places like Colorado everybody should do that you know everyone should vote now I, I understand there's some issues with that because there are some people out there who uh, I, I don't think they know a damn thing about the country they live in and uh, I wonder how they cast their vote sometimes but it's not up for me to me to uh, to restrict their freedom in any possible way I think everybody should be allowed encouraged to vote and uh, I don't the the only I just remember what my parents told me growing up because they grew up in a segregated south okay and the ability to vote was real. Like when I was coming of age and like as I was getting older, my parents were like, you're going to vote. Like, it's a big deal. Yeah. And so I was very proud and, and happy the first time I actually went out and voted. It was like a big deal. It's like, you don't understand what people had to go through for you to have the ability to be able to do this. It shouldn't matter to you. And it's like, whether you know who you voting for or not, you still need to exercise your right. And so making sure you take advantage of that. and Absolutely. And that's what – I'm not going di- to dig into this bill and all that other stuff. I'm not going to bore people or get people in hot water because I don't care that much about – like I'm not going to dive into politics on this. You know I'm not, Kyle. I know it's your – but you've been very – mild about that you've been so consumed with basketball you have no other life right now no i don't i don't want to be a part of it right now it's i, I don't want to i don't want to but it i thought it was really big that nick did that especially when him living in the state of alabama in one of the most reddest states where it doesn't even matter if it's right or wrong it's just not what a republican state wants to hear like well, no but he, and he's... they don't the, the people that are arguing that it's so ridiculous and they don't ever want you to have an opinion about politics if you're in sports until it agrees with their narrative. He has reached a place of in society of success, fame, um, you know, respect, influence, wh- whatever you want to call that confluence of things that he now, I mean, he cares about winning football. Obviously, it's, it's consumed him for so long. <laughs> but to so comfortably step out and do things like that now tells you that he is very comfortable with his place in history, yep. you know, and, and the way people will talk about him and his legacy and how he'll be remembered. Um, obviously, you can always, with That's one terrible point, decision, Kyle. ruin your own legacy, but I don't think he has any intentions to do that. Um, and some will actually, I t- I, you know, I take that back. Some, some who vehemently disagree with him in these politics uh, will turn their backs on Nick Saban, right? They'll say that he's uh, not who they thought he was. He's a traitor. He's, you know, a, I don't know. I mean, what, to call him what they want to. But Nick Saban doesn't care what you think about his worldview. He doesn't care about what you think is right or wrong in terms of how he perceives the world to be right or wrong. He's comfortable with that now. And mm-hmm. if you don't agree with it, you can kiss his ass because he's got better things to do and he doesn't have to listen to you. So the fact He's got that, an FU portfolio too. Right. And the fact that he did this, Jerry West did this, Paul Tagliabue did this, you said Daryl Talley. Um, Jerry West grew up tough, poor in West Virginia, man. I mean, yeah, just hard scrabble, man. He's, he, that guy, if you've never looked into or read his story, my, uh, my favorite professor. He ever. was great at all levels, Kyle. Yeah. My, my favorite professor As of all a GM time. GM too. Sure. Got named Roland Lazenby, wrote a great book on Jerry West. He had it really tough, man. And uh, for him to do this, again, similar place, he's the fucking logo in the NBA. Like, he doesn't care what you think. And, you know, he signed on to this. So, you know, I, I understand. This is like sort of the, uh, the older guard of West Virginia. You know, I didn't grow up there, but, you know, I was close enough to it that I understand a bit about the politics up there. It used to be a very, like a deeply blue state. You know, Democrats, union, coal miners unions, I mean, things like that, and steel unions. And 
Um, it has changed, but that like old guard of those guys who grew up in old school West Virginia, it doesn't shock me that they came together to, to sign on to that and that that's their view on what should happen. It does not stun me because, and the last thing I'll say about this. That's a great point, though. You know, if you haven't grown up in like southern or central Appalachia, like, like I did, and if you haven't been around it, if you don't know the history of Kennedy visiting, you know, the Appalachian Mountains, you know, and, and realizing or some of the country realizing that this place was 20 years behind the rest of the country in terms of civilization, <laughs> right? And, and, you know, it was a region of the country that had been neglected but mocked and everything else. Um, you know, there was a, a very different worldview, obviously, right? But there was more of a survival, you know, people who had been left to fend for themselves. Yeah. And so the politics that brewed up in those mountains and some of those places from West Virginia to, you know, Tennessee, Kentucky, southern or southwestern Virginia, where I grew up, it, it's not always what you think it'll be. And especially didn't, it wasn't that way, I'll say before 2016, because I, Trump changed everything about American politics. Yeah. Um, no matter if you hate his guts or love the guy. Uh, I think it's undeniable he changed American politics in a lot of ways. But before that, that old guard of West Virginia, those guys doing that doesn't really shock me. Um, I'm surprised maybe that they came out as forcefully and clearly as they did, signing a letter saying, do this. Mm -hmm. um, but it doesn't shock me they feel that way. So I was wondering how, how, what you'd, if you'd heard anything from your friends in Alabama about how he's being talked about right now because he just lost the national championship game. Bama fans are outrageously unrealistic in their expectations anyway. They probably want him fired just for that. It was one of his best coaching jobs he ever did. To even get that team And there. they're the heavy favorite to win it next year. Well, that's because, I mean, they yeah. got the two best players in college coming right. back. On Absolutely. The, one's on they offense, one's on defense. They, all you got to do is protect the quarterback, get them some good targets, and they got a lot of young talent on that team. Their best players were sophomores and juniors. So um, this team coming back, we'll see what happens. You know, and you can't – I mean, let's just be honest. I talked about the game for two seconds here, well, two minutes. Is Alabama had plenty of chances to win that game. If you can't get in the red zone and kick field goals all those times, that's another thing. Mm -hmm. You allow Georgia to tackle you on the five or six yard line, they hold you to field goal. Georgia feels good about that. That's a win for them. Yeah. So Alabama got in the red zone, they kicked field goals three out of four times, they scored one touchdown. You never win championships kicking field goals. It just won't happen at no. any level. You gotta be able to score touchdowns. Also, Georgia made the big plays when they needed to the most. Uh, some unfortunate, Errors. Alabama was a team that made errors in coverage and when it came to tackling. Georgia sewed those things up, didn't blow any coverages big time. Well, they let Jameson Williams out early, but once he got hurt, it really threw a, a wrench in a lot of things what Alabama was probably planning to do offensively, and they had to try and adjust, and they could not. Georgia was the better team. Stetson Bennett really stepped up when he needed to, made three big-time throws on that one touchdown drive to really kind of put them ahead. It was really great to be there and see that action. Very happy for Stetson Bennett and Kirby Smart, who I'm a big fan of, known for a long time. He's a great coach. He's earned where he's at. Love what he's building there. Um, and the Georgia fans, they're kind of annoying, but I'm happy for them too a little bit. They needed this. I, I liked it. They, they needed finally it. snapped the drought, right? Mm -hmm. that, I like seeing if, – if they hadn't won a title since 1998 okay, – It was whatever. 80. It was 1980, right? It's, it's been over four decades. So yes. I have a lot of Georgia friends that were just, I mean, gleeful. I mean, elated, and I was happy for them. Um, and I was happy, like you said, for Kirby. I love stories like Stetson's and like our buddy Corey Miller, pastor of pain. He mocked it. He came on saying that, you know, it was a defense and Stetson was just okay. He's not that good. That's an incredible story. Uh, I mean, walk on, Juco, come back. They and did everything but not give him a starting they, job. They, 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 everybody in the mama tried to do everything else, but the team played for him. Yeah, and he just kept and, coming back. And he didn't, he didn't 
he didn't lose the game, which is very important. And I, I love that because he said after the game, he said, I, I just came back to the sideline and said, I'm not going to be the reason we lose this game. Yeah, you, you can't lose the game. Yeah, and, and he that's came what he right did. back, boom, touchdown. Before drive. you ever win it, that's what Tom Brady's number one thing he said at in one of his specials. He said, the number one thing of a good quarterback is, number one, you can't lose the game. Yeah. Right? That's yeah. number one. Don't lose the game. Don't man. be the reason why they don't. You Oof. know what I mean? Seen a lot of that this year. It, man. It's, Seen a lot of that this year. It's, it's really big. That's good. I mean – that's going to come down to Matt Stafford and Green Bay. Is can Green can Green Bay take away the run game of the Rams, put it on Matt Stafford's arm, and say, "Okay, you go beat us." Because traditionally, over time, he's not been able to you mean do the Bucks. That. Yeah, the Bucks. Sorry. Yeah, no, okay, it's fine. That, sorry, sorry. I just we, we, okay. I might already put. We, we got no. We're gonna we're gonna have to get back together and talk. We're going to. We're gonna get back together and talk about those games next week because. Uh, I could go on and on. I, I could too. I could too. I, I got. I got to do TV. In, yeah, yeah. yeah. Are you gonna so wear I, a suit? Hell no. I don't even think I'm gonna change. <laughs> I'm doing it from home on Zoom. Oh well, yeah. You don't have to change. That's yeah, what I'm good. saying. Like, no, do no, I really? Need to pretend? I thought you were going instantly. They know that. No, I, I'm not doing that. Like, they know I'm at home. Why? I mean, why do I have to change? Who am I gonna impress? If you know hey, I'm man, at home, I'm you know, I'm just what are y'all gonna talk about, Kyle? Uh, probably the Hornets and, and offensive coordinators. I'm gonna wax poetic about Scotty. Okay. So, so who is your coordinator pick? In candidate in the lead right I don't now. really have a pick. I mean, I think Tim Kelly's really interesting. Uh, by the way, they wrote, John McClain wrote down in Houston yesterday that uh, he thinks if the Panthers hired Tim Kelly that Deshaun could come with him. Uh, I, I know, I know. Nobody even knows. If he's going to play again. Yeah, like what is that situation? If he'll play again, I'm sure, at it's, some point, but when? I, I don't – it's the most – it's the weirdest situation I've ever it, seen. It, yeah, one of them. There's it was no like the Antonio that. Brown situation before Antonio Brown's latest situation. Yeah, so I, I don't have <laughs> I don't I don't have a favorite. I'm intrigued by Kelly. I think Gruden, you know, from just a purely X's and O's, you know, play calling standpoint, would be fine. Uh, you they need a guy with NFL experience. He's got that in abundance. Um, you know, Scotty Montgomery. I'll go wax poetic about him. And uh, yeah, I don't know what else. I don't know. I gotta. I got the one thing about being at home though. Real quick, man, working from home, you either love it or you hate that shit. And <laughs> You can count me in the hate that shit category. Because some, it's, some people love it. Some people love it. And if you love it, I hope you get to keep it. Like, if you're out there listening and you love it, you want, I hope you One get to keep it. One of my boys is like that. He's like, dude, I'll probably never go back to that. And, and it's not that I don't enjoy. Like, I still, I'm around the house all day right now. So I get to be around my daughter all day. That, that part's cool. But, man, waking up, realizing you don't actually have to be anywhere at any particular time, it's not for me. I don't care for it. I don't care for it. I love it, Kyle. So you? your only <laughs> action outside the house is walking your dog. Yeah, every day at 1.30, I walk outside, and uh, I set up the remote broadcast equipment on my patio. And I pull up a chair, and I watch traffic, and I talk sports for four hours. So it's not too loud? No. no it's it's peaceful. It's very peaceful. Man, how about the cold weather? Are you still dealing with that? Oh, dude, I'm in lined overalls. I got Carhartt overalls on. I got, uh, I got heat gear on. I got, I'm good. I got a heater out there. Oh, just dude, enjoying the great outdoors, bro. I need to just drive by. Next time I drive by around that time. Oh, no, I was, was going to suggest it. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm going to hunt. They, they've, see, that's the thing. They've, right now, we're not going back to the office for a while, at least as I understand it. And uh, I won't get into all that stuff, but I think I might be there for a minute. So I'm, I might start hosting some radio patio shows. I don't know what I'm going to do. It might, get, it might get wild out there. <laughs> might get wild. It might get crazy out there. I mean, we're on the patio. So where's Smoke at? In the studio. Oh, so he's run the boards from inside. Yeah. It's, dude, I'm telling you. It's, it, for the first week was terrible. I didn't know what day of the week it was. I didn't know what time it was ever. It was awful because you have nowhere to go. You're right. I can go walk the dog, 
But like we're kind of right back in this mode now where everybody's got, you know, at least mask mandates and, you know, uh, capacity restrictions and all that stuff. I mean, you know, uh, Omicron is wreaking havoc and all sorts of whatnot. But uh, I think we're getting close. It's, it's about that time. Hey, man, Kyle, you'll survive just like you always have, brother. I, I, don't, I don't worry about it. And look, man, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. And oh, it could be a hell of a lot worse. I have yeah. to go do a, a sports show on the patio. Like, I, it could be a lot worse. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah, But it's yeah. just the, the – But I'm you got, at least you got action on your show. But it's also representative, I think, of the adjustments that a lot of people are having to make right now. Like, can you imagine – I've got one kid at home that's 10 months old. Can you imagine right now being, you know, a couple that both working from home, you got two young kids, maybe even three young kids at home, you know, remote tomorrow here in Charlotte. They got remote school tomorrow. That sounds like a nightmare. Yep, that's my two kids. That sounds like a nightmare tomorrow. And and it's not even snowing yet. They're just scared of it. <laughs> it's not even going to snow. Yeah, they're like, dude, I don't know, man. Everybody stay at home. All right, we got to go. I got to run. <laughs> I got to go do TV and not get dressed up for it. I'll talk to you next week. We, we are back on a weekly schedule, right? Okay. Dude, we're back, bro. I'm, I'm ready. Yeah, we're back. All right, episode 48 of the books. We'll talk to you next week. For Roman Harper, I'm Tory Kyle Hunter. Bailey. Tory Hunter. Yeah, Eric Gagne. Work hard, like Eric Gagne, and be nice to each other.